frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer, Gamble. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. I'm ready, are you? I'm ready. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Three, two, two one. one. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good, dude. Sweet. We're doing a, a something we haven't tried yet, which is a virtual podcast. We're, you're at home and I'm at home. That's right. Yeah, we'll I feel see. very lonely. <laughs> Not anymore. You got me. <laughs> That's on right. On a screen right. in front of you. That's right. Um, Welcome to the 21st century, baby. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I think it's going to go well. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode five. Um, we decided since it's the beginning of a new year, 2022, we're going to talk about the top five films that each of us saw in 2021. And they're not necessarily going to be movies that came out in 2021, just our top five picks of, of films that we saw for the first time. Yeah. I think that, yeah, sorry. I mean, I think that, um, we obviously watch a lot of films from a lot of different periods and countries and stuff like that and trying to pick a top five especially when we've gone through the year that we've been through in terms of cinema would be really difficult you know I've tended to kind of regress back to older films as I normally do in lieu of kind of the new theatrical releases so yeah I think this is a good way to do it yeah definitely how do you want to do it or should we each go one at a time count down yeah. from five yeah that sounds good I mean mine are in no particular order I do have a top film of the year but the okay. other four are just like jumbled. And I, w I will say that there's been, I think, two that I've left off my list in anticipation for them being on yours. But oh, I've really? included like <laughs> a, yeah, I've included like an honorable mentions at the end, just like three or four films that I was like, yeah, they were good, but not quite in my top five. Yeah. Or if Brandon doesn't mention these, I'm going to drop them in. Yeah. I, I had a, I, I did a number mine. But I did have a hard time deciding what to pick. I mean, I so, well, sort of. Like, I went through um, my Letterboxd, and if you don't know what Letterboxd is, it's a, um, it's like a movie app, and you can, every time you watch a film, you can rate it and log it. So, at the end of the year, I can just go through my Letterboxd and see all the movies I watched and what I rated them for the year. And a lot of them I've forgotten about. A lot of them I was like, yeah. wow, I watched that this year. That was such a good movie. And I can't stop, haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Or like, you know, a film that became an instant yeah. classic in my mind. And I'm like, wow, I just got introduced to that this year. And I feel like that's been a part of my life this whole time already. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to be, I mean, this isn't on my list. But um, the film The Shop Around the Corner with Jimmy Stewart, uh -huh. um, I watched that about three days ago for the second time. And I was like, I haven't seen this for a while. And then when I was doing this list, I'd watched it earlier this year. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah. And I couldn't like, I'd watched it twice in the same year and enjoyed it immensely. So that's awesome. Yeah. I have to check like, that out. I love Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. He's it's good. It's yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, the year seems a long time when you go back and have a look what you've watched. Yeah. There's a lot of films that I was like, I cannot remember watching that film. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> yeah. what mindset I was in. I don't know what I was doing, but yeah, it wasn't there. Um, basically when I went through my list, I, I just went through and was like, that'll, you know, I just picked the ones that I thought would make the list. And mm -hmm. I ended up with 14. And then yes. I had to narrow it down to five. So that was that was the difficult part was being like, which ones do I like more? Um, yeah. So yeah, I can I can run through like the honorable mentions at the end, but um, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I feel like <laughs> all of my picks come from different points of the year. If that makes sense, they're either things that I was really into for a few months, yeah, or like. Um, 
you know, genres or directors that I've been kind of like about this year. Yeah. So I think it's a good list. But Sweet. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, I was coming in at number five. Coming in number five <laughs> is uh, wait for it, promising young woman. Nice, yeah, yeah. good pick. Um, I really like this movie. Like it was, uh, yeah, like you said, it came at a, a good time for me. It was, you know, I watched it. I think around May of this mm-hmm. year. Um, it, it had some buzz about it for a while, so I was kind of late in watching it. It it had already won best original screenplay at the Academy Awards last year. Um, it premiered, I believe, at Sundance twenty twenty when I was there, but you know I didn't get a chance to see it while I was there. Um, but yeah, watching this movie, I guess yeah, I guess my girlfriend had seen it already, and she had she kept recommending it to me. And so finally, you know, after a few months of her saying how much I would like it, we sat down and watched it. And I had such a good time watching this movie. I feel like it was one of the, I don't know. I just hadn't seen a good film in a while. And it was just, and it was just a really fun experience. If you haven't seen the film, it's, um, it's intense and it'll keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Keep you guessing. Um, very well written, very well acted. First time female director Emerald Fennell uh, wrote and directed it, and um, it's got Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham. I believe it's on HBO Max right now, so yeah. check it out. I remember it was the first film I think that we paid for, like the at home screening. Okay, you yeah. Know, I think it was the first film that we did that for. Nice this year. Yeah. So it's one of those films that, like, it was so great seeing a new release and not, you know, having to kind of wait for it to come out on DVD or, yeah. you know. Or getting to be a cinema. part of a yeah. new release while it's still in the hype yeah. of being a new release, but you're, you know, still afraid to go out to the Yeah, cinema. the reviews were still coming in, so it yeah. felt, you know, fresh. It wasn't like people had already talked about it, so. Nice. Yeah. Yes, Let's go see it. Yeah, it's good. Or watch it on HBO Max. <laughs> I guess you can't go see it anymore in a theater. But um, yeah, yeah. So good pick. Yes, moving on now. <laughs> so, I'm, I feel like I'm awkward at transitioning. Sometimes it's natural. Sometimes it's just you got to move on. Yeah. Um, number four. Uh, is Titan. Nice. Okay, yeah, that's this is one of the ones that I left off my list. Okay. I uh, will probably be talked about. You know, it's like when when I was first thinking about my top 5, I was Titan wasn't really in my mind, but then when I started when I started looking at the different films and comparing them and like considering like how much fun I had watching the film and how yeah. into the film I was when I watched it, I was like, "Man, Titan is up there." Like I had a good yeah. time watching that movie in it. Uh yeah, it's good. It's really good. It won the Palm d'Or at uh, the Cannes Film Festival, I guess, in twenty twenty one, right? Let this yeah. last year, and um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, the director, um, I, it's Julia, and I cannot pronounce her rest, last name. Uh, <laughs> I will butcher it. She's a a French director, mm-hmm. uh, and her first film was um raw which i haven't seen but i remember hearing lots of things about it um and now that i'm like yeah this i I did really like this film a lot i'm i i want to go back and watch that and yeah um yeah roar is really good yeah i like raw a lot i would probably i mean i i saw raw a few times but i prefer that to Titan, i think at the moment but yeah i mean what you're saying though a lot of the films that i picked have had scenes or like images that are stuck in my head. And like, I feel like the whole of Titan is just like permanently engraved in my memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, man, it's beautifully shot and it's yeah. just so intense, well acted. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, oh, just, and, yeah. and yeah, it's just, uh, it's just one of those films that 
creates its own world and immediately engages you and just holds you the whole time. You yeah. can't not finish it, you know, yeah. and, and you're not thinking about anything else except the film, you know, mm-hmm. you're not getting distracted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did watch it in a movie theater, so I, I had less yeah. distractions, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I had a really good time watching the movie and I was like, yeah, that's up there. Um, awesome. Let's see. Number three is nine days. Yeah. Um, which I also had a really good time watching. You know, we already talked about it on our return to the cinema episode, but man, it's just so good. It is just so good. And it's also one of those films that, um, just, it, it just breathes inspiration into you and breathes life into you, uh, as you're watching it. Um, and it's just an intense emotional journey. Um, and I'm a I'm a little bit biased because I did get to meet uh, Edson Oda, the writer and director of the film at Sundance. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it while I was there, but you know I, I saw it as soon as it came out in cinemas. And um, yeah, it's just so good. Winston Duke, Zazzy Beats are amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's a yeah, it's like a low budget, intimate film. Uh, you can That's see right. it. I believe on streaming, I tried to, it, it was available to purchase on Apple mm. TV uh, a few months ago, and now it's not. So I don't know what's up with that. You can still buy it on Amazon Prime. Hopefully it'll either be on streaming or somewhere soon. Um, there's Blu-rays out and stuff. But, um, I mean, I think it's a big Oscar contender, but, you know, mm. I haven't really heard anybody else talk about this movie yet, except me. So we'll see what happens, but... I mean, sometimes those are the the best films, though the ones that mean the most to you. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is number three, and number two is Spider Man: No Way Home. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I had to leave this off my list. I was like, yeah. I cannot. I don't think. I think if it was both in our top five this would be another two hours. Because yeah. since our last, <laughs> just... our last conversation, I'm like, there's so much more that I can say about this film Yeah, that we didn't fit into the three-hour conversation we previously had. Yeah. Um, um, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's on the list because like, I had so much fun watching it. It is a really good film. Tom Holland is amazing. Zendaya is awesome. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'd, I've thought by now I, I would have seen it at least once or twice more, but I've still only seen it the two times. Um, I do plan to go back and, and see it a few more times before it leaves theaters. But just in retrospect, thinking about the film, it is really, really good. But I don't I don't think it's necessarily going to be my favorite Spider-Man film. No. You know, once I once I separate yeah. it from it a little bit more. Um, they did do a, I, lo- a lot of amazing stuff that i love but um yeah i do wonder how much is gonna how much it will lose in terms of not rewatchability like enjoyment yeah like after you are so familiar with what is going to happen do you know what i mean yeah like well, a lot of it, of it was so overwhelming yeah me. exactly and a lot of it was like um i mean i did go back and and watch on youtube uh some of the pirated clips from the movie, mm-hmm. like when Andrew and Toby <laughs> enter and stuff and like hearing different audience reactions and stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be the thing that I remember the most yeah. is like watching it for the first time. Cause every time, every time I watch it now and Andrew and Toby come in, I'm just going to be thinking about everyone clapping in a the theater, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and though that, those are the moments that'll live on for me in that movie. It was just all the, I mean, it is an emotional roller coaster, but just all of the the experience of watching it with a full theater. I mean, that yeah. I haven't had that experience in you know two years. Like yeah. there, you know, I've been to a movie theater a few times, but it's like this was the first time the theater was packed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I just even remember, you know, walking out of the theater and um, you know waiting for 
my my brothers and the people that I went with to gather back together. And there was just so many people in there. It was like, wow, yeah. this is yeah. this has brought people out. It's good. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, it's it feels like it's the first film that has I don't know, done the same business post COVID. Yeah. It did the same like, business it would have done. Yeah. Doesn't matter, like COVID wasn't a factor, I guess. Yeah, because um, I went to see James Bond about a week and a half after it was like originally like first came out, um, and it was like thirty people in. But I know that if you went to see Spider Man like last week, it would still have been pretty full. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, and now we come to the infamous number one. Okay, now I I did think that Spider Man might have been number one. Yeah, me too. So I'm ex- <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. But yeah, when when going through, okay, so what I did to to decide what which films, uh, what I was gonna rate each film as far as like you know one two three four five, yeah. um, <clears throat> is. I narrowed it down quite a bit and then I instead of you know going back and watching each film which I didn't have time to do I watched the trailer for each film nice okay and upon doing that this movie was the one when I watched the trailer that I was like I'm gonna watch that right now yeah because that was such a good movie and I did (laughs) so I, I I watched all the trailers and then watch this movie um and it and like i was saying it is um it's one of those movies that like how much i like this movie i can't believe i just watched it this year for the first time yeah my number one is exactly like that yeah uh so it is 1964 Jacques Demi's The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Oh my gosh. Have you seen it? I I saw it in film school. Okay, cool. Yeah, it is. I wasn't sure if you had seen it or not, but man. It's a long time ago. And I know, I I think the opening has stuck with me. Like, there's a lot of people on Twitter that share that image around Christmas, I think. Okay. And it's just like, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it is such a beautiful movie, man. I mean, there is nothing else like it. Like yeah. it is like a perfect film and That's awesome. it's a musical everybody, yeah. which it's kind of funny. Like looking at my list, it's like, it's, it's a little like, obviously I love film cause none of these films are really alike. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a musical and it's not just a musical. It's more of like an opera. There is no spoken dialogue. It is all singing throughout the thing. And it's uh French and it's um so it's all subtitled um mm. and uh yeah it's just so good the the cinematography and the colors and the choreography i mean it's just so well designed and put together yeah um yeah it's just unlike anything i've i've seen and um and and it's not super long it's an hour and a half nice you know yeah um mm-hmm. and um yeah, I I meant to do a little more research on the film as far as, you know, you know, just to give it a little trivia and stuff. Um, but I didn't really get a chance to. The things that I do know about this movie, I mean, Jacques Demi, the director, um was married to Agnes Varda. Nice. Um, and I believe she did like a documentary on him that I haven't oh, seen. Cool. Uh, it might be included in your cause you bought the Agnes Varda yeah, Criterion. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh box set and it I, it might be included in that i'm not sure as soon as we start recording that's the first thing i'm gonna go and look for yeah <laughs> yeah um but other than that like i mean i know that damien chazelle took a lot of inspiration for la la land you know from yeah. this movie especially the production design as far as like the colors and that they use and stuff um but you know other than that it's just it's a great film I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those films that, I mean, I've already told lots of people this year, like, you need to see this, like, it is mm-hmm. really good. Um, and so, yeah, it just surprised me when I went back 
and was looking through the list. I was like, man, I just watched that this year. Such a good movie. Yeah, I love it when films that have a lot of hype around them are like as good as people make out. Yeah. You know, like especially with films like that, when you watch it, you're like, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And see, I never even really, I, I never heard anything about this movie. I mean, there, it yeah. was, I watched it um, as a part of uh, my French New Wave class that I took. And, you know, there's other films in, in the class that I had heard about a lot, you know, like Breathless yeah. and um, and stuff. But but this was, yeah, this was one that, that stuck out out of out of everything so that's awesome yay that's so cool <laughs> i love it um yeah so and, and you know i'll i'll let you do yours now and then we'll get into our honorable honorable mentions yeah sounds good okay so earlier i said i only had one from 2021 um and i lied i have two i just wanted to keep you okay. on your feet <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna do the first one first if that I mean, that obviously is how it's going to happen. You're so, going to do number one first, like your top pick? Number five. Okay, well, okay. This, yeah, I mean, you're going to count I've, down. I mean, you said that like two through five is basically not in order, yeah. but you're going to save your number one pick for the end. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So coming in at number five or four or three or two, however you want to look <laughs> at it, um, is the 2021 film Sensor. Now, so this is um, a film that I watched pretty recently. I've seen a lot of people kind of hype it up over the year. It came out a lot earlier. I'm not sure how, um, why the American release was. I do know it's on Hulu now, streaming for free, which is really good. So it's from a female director called Prano Bailey Bond. Um, and it's basically in the like 80s, um, there was a thing in England called Video Nasties. So the films that were particularly gory or horrible, um, we're in this category of video nasties. So they didn't really get a release that were kind of like underground. And this is the story of a, of a censor for these video nasties that has to go through and kind of like mark everything down. She does have like a checkered past in terms of like a sister went missing and she just gets like drawn into this world and it gradually gets more and more like supernatural and crazy. And like you were saying about Umbrellas of Shamrock, like it's an hour and 24 minutes. It's real short, yeah. but it's really stylish and like just, it's real good. Um, and it was just, I was going through trying to knock out some of the 2021 films I hadn't seen and it just blew, like, it shook me. I was not ready for it. Yeah. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. It was another film that was at Sundance. Um, it's just really good. It's just like a small, like you could tell that the cast was really small, the crew was really small, but they just did something that I've never really seen before. Yeah. And I, you know, that needs to be applauded. So that's cool. That's really interesting. And it makes sense, I think, uh, to be in your top five because it's, um, it's got a bit of film history in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something that, um, like magazines that I read had like been talking about it for a while. And I was like, I really want to see this. And then yeah. I'd kind of forgotten a little bit about it. And then, I'm really glad that I did. Where, so I recommend it to everyone. Was John Waters, was any of his stuff uh, a part of the video nasty? Um, kinda it probably thing. was. I yeah. mean, it kind of, it got to the point where people, I mean, the film explores a little bit. People were making like these video nasties on purpose. Right. To like be in this genre kind of thing. Right. Um, because there was this whole outcry that films were going to destroy the youth. Yeah. You know, we've been there before. And we're fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Most of us anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just, it's really good. Like, easy to watch. Enjoyable. Um, Yeah, go and seek it out. So that was my number five. That was Sensor. Sweet. Going on to number four. So my number four is a film from 1971. um, And when I was saying earlier about how my films kind of show where I've been this year. I've been trying to watch a lot of British films. Yeah. Um, and one name that kind of kept coming up on the films that I was watching was Richard Attenborough, um, which I'd only really seen up until this point in like Jurassic Park. Yeah. So, and I know that he has like, and he's know, a director. He's done... Yeah. And he's, yeah, a director. he's, he yeah, he's in, he's in Jurassic Park as, uh, what's his name? Hammond. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
and then he was in, and then he directed Chaplin with yeah. Danny Jr. Um, so there was a few films that he popped up in a little bit. One of them is in my honourable mentions. Um, but then I read an article about him, about like these really nice people playing like dark characters. And one of the films was called Ten Rillington Place. So this is my number four, and it's um, Richard Attenborough as the English um, serial killer, uh, John Christie, who basically killed a number of people in his house, Ten Rillington Place. Um, and it's just, it it's a really spooky and like, I don't know, um, intimate oh, film, I guess. Yeah. So he's got John Hurt in it as well. So he stars in it, but he didn't direct this, right? He didn't, no. Okay. It's directed by Richard Fleischer. Okay. Um, And I didn't know why it was so creepy. Like, the set design and everything was really good. um, And it just felt, I don't know, it just felt really creepy. And then after it, I read that it was actually filmed in the house, or like the outside shots were filmed at the house where these murders actually took place. Oh, and I was like, just before they demolished the house, because they had to get rid of it, because people kept trying to like break in and stuff. Apparently, yeah. Um, so that just added it, like a whole layer of yeah intensity to everybody on set. I'm sure. Yeah, and it just it doesn't shy away. Like there's a lot of like shots of him, like really close to the camera, and like when he's doing the murders, it's not kind of like it doesn't cut away. Yeah, you know, it kind of holds it a little bit. And it just, yeah, it's one of those films that I was like, this is so good and underseen. I can see why it's not like wildly talked about because it is pretty affecting at times. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Richard Attenborough was incredible. So it's really good. Sweet. So that was my number four. Okay. In at number three uh, is Ghost World from 2001. Mixing up a little bit. All right. So this was a film that I've been wanting to see for quite a while, and I bought it in the Criterion sale. And I just found it to be really funny and, like, quirky and just, you know, about growing up and kind of not really being sure what you want to do. Yeah. But kind of trying to, I don't know, trying to become yourself by being other people, you know. Yeah. Um, I just loved it. You know, it was it was one of those films that was probably one of the most enjoyable watches of the year. I just thought it was really good, really funny. The acting was really good, directed really well. Um, yeah, just a, Steve you know, Buscemi, Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Wow. Yeah, it's it's got a good cast, and it's just it's really good, dude. I don't know what else I can say about it that hasn't already been said. I feel like it's one of those posters that I've seen a lot. Yeah, you know, it's one of the films that has always kind of been in the periphery of what, wherever I am. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that I finally watched it. Sweet. But it's really, yeah, it's just, I just thought it was really funny and really sweet and entertaining and it was good. I so. like that so far all of your films have been completely off my radar. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Awesome. Now I've got some good films to go watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is kind of, I mean, for anyone that doesn't really know me very well, my, I buy a lot of films on DVD and Blu-ray. Like I, you know, I just look collecting them all. So my watches are so sporadic. It's like I could watch a comedy and then a horror. Like everything is just pulled together. There's not really like you've a created your own library, and now you have all these films to choose from that will never yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. So when <laughs> when Criterion sales happen, I'm like, these are the ones that I want to buy. So there's not like one particular director or anything. It's just like a stack of like 12 films that are just from all over the place that I've been interested in for the past six months. Yeah. And then I, and then they sit down and just watch them one by one and before I can like put them away. Um, so my film, <laughs> my film choices just come from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So number two or five or whatever. Um, and I know that we've talked before about, this is another 2021 release. Okay. So I know we've talked a lot about how Disney this past year have kind of done really good stuff. Right. right. Mar- the Marvel stuff included is really good. Um, Jungle Cruise was fun, you know. But my number two is the Pixar film Luca. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, 
so part of it is where we watched it. So we took my daughter to Disney for the first time around like June, July. Yeah. And it coincided with this being released on Disney Plus. So I can remember watching it in the hotel room when we first got there. I think it was like the first day, like the first night. So that's part of it. But I'm a sucker for stories about male friendship and like try and finding like father figures. Yeah. And this film just ticked all the boxes for me. It's beautiful to look at. The story's really good. Um, the characters are really funny and like, you know, they each have their own I know destiny, I guess, and they each have their own purpose to being in this story. Um I just loved it, dude. I've watched it a few times and I just think it's just so sweet and so entertaining and you know, I don't think it got the same um kind of hype. Yeah. 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 I, I don't I, it just kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Um I, I just thought it was really great. Yeah, I did I did see this film. Um I watched it quite a bit later. I didn't see it till mm. a couple of months ago, but um yeah, it was really good. Like I mean a top tier Pixar film. I, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um my buddy Jason Woods did a review on it. Uh I think it's on YouTube. Um awesome. I've made a film with him and he really liked the film a lot, so check out his review on it, but Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I yeah. like the movie a lot. Um, it was good. Yeah, it's great. And I just love the colors of it. And the, I, I think Pixar, again, you forget just how good they are at the jobs that they do. You know, um, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's really good. Amazing. And then my number one is a film from 1964 oh. from Japan. Yeah. Good year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Japan, it's Onibaba. Okay. Um, the Japanese horror film. Um, I watched this. So, again, Criterion announced that they were going to release it like later last year, around October time. Um, and I realized I already had it as part of oh, another nice. collection. Yeah. That I hadn't, like, I'd bought it to kind of complete the collection, I guess. I hadn't really watched it. So I was like, I'm going to watch it. You know, it sounds really good from the description and stuff. Um, it blew me away. It's one of those films that as soon as I finished watching it, I was like reading things online. I was watching YouTube videos about it. I was like trying to just, I became a little bit obsessed with it. Yeah. And about like the making of and kind of um, just, you know, everything about it, like the legacy it's had, that kind of stuff, which I could tell is normally my like precursor for that. That was a great film. Yeah. When, if I become like really obsessive over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's about, um, two women that live on this. It's kind of, it's like an Island, but it's not, it's kind of surrounded by water. Um, in, uh, in like Japan during a war, it was set centuries ago. So it's set quite a while ago. Um, one of the women is, um, a soldier's wife and the other is the soldier's mother and a, and the soldier has passed like has died in battle um and there's just another guy on this island that's like trying to seduce the wife okay. and it's all about kind of grief and like trying like trying to keep people um through like horror and it's just oh my gosh i i can't describe it as well as it is. Yeah. I mean, I just it's, looked it up in the few images that I'm seeing. I'm like, Ooh, this looks really interesting. Also in black yeah. and white. Yeah. Which I think you're probably a sucker for. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if there's five films laid out and one of them is black and white and I got to pick which one you would pick, it would be the black, and white, the black one. and white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's creepy as well. Like there's, there's images from it, you know, I think of like Nosferatu in the same way, you know, you have to kind of, the first time I watched Nosferatu, I had to pluck up courage to watch it. Yeah. Cause I was like, this is going to creep me out. <laughs> and it's the same here, but it's just, it's so intimate and small and but telling this like big story. Um, it's yeah. Like I said, it's a film that I've wanted to kind of come back to again and again and again. Yeah. So that is my top watch of the year and a film that I can't believe it took me this long to see. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check all of these out. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a mixed bag. Like I said, it's one of those that I was going through and I was like, that is good. 
that is good. You know, there's yeah. a lot. I was like, there's a lot of good films I've watched this year. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, like I was saying, it kind of shows um, each of our, you know, love of cinema because yeah. our range of interests and genres is so broad. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Do you want to go through some of your honorable mentions? Yeah, let's do it. So on my my list, I was trying to decide, like I texted you, I was like, should we include documentaries or comedy mm-hmm. specials? And, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, just do whatever. But I ended up deciding, like, well, I'm just going to do films because I've got so many on this list. But um, a big one for me was uh, Bo Burnham's Inside comedy special on Netflix. Yeah. Um ended up being like his album from that ended up being my top listen of the year on Spotify. That's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously I like it a lot. Um, and it just, I mean, he's our age and I, it just, it, it just spoke to me a lot as far as, you know, what, uh, what this generation I guess is going through as far as, you know, their mental health, mm-hmm. the mental health crisis. Um, in America right now, I guess, you know, yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily do anything to solve any of those problems, but I think it's just telling, like it, it just is, it's very eye opening, Um, and, and a lot of fun, you know, that's awesome. Um, eyes without a face was on there. Um, yeah, same for me, <laughs> uh, which you and I both watched together when we were, um, doing some test runs of this podcast mm-hmm. of what it was going to be. That was the first thing we watched. Um, and it's such a good movie also from 1964. Is it? Mm. I think I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I just love I that mean, both of our top picks were 1964. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, gold rush was on there. Charlie Chaplin. Like I had seen nice. that for the first time this year, um, in my comedy films class. And oh. man, Chaplin is just, yeah. So good. Top tier. Yeah. Like, I this mean, was the year that I read the the full, I think it was, like, it was about 1,500 page Chaplin biography. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Any Chaplin for the first time is good. Yeah. Yeah. He's just such an entertainer. I mean, just, yeah. you know, a hundred years later and he's still capable of entertaining people. And I know everyone knows he's a perfectionist, but there is not like a, a dull moment. Everything is just so sharp and perfectly done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I think it's available on HBO max and probably other places. Um, awesome. Cause it might be public domain. So like everybody's got it streaming. Mm. Um, but the one that I watched, he narrates it. So I guess he yeah. went, he went back, went back and did a narration over it years yeah. later. Um, you know, it's his, he voice keeps calling stuff. himself the little fellow. Which I yeah. love. I think it's so like cute in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> King of Comedy was on there, which we also watched yeah. together. Uh, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese film mm-hmm. uh, with Robert De Niro that the Joker was based off of with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, but I, I think King, King of Comedy is is better. It's almost the same film. I mean, literally. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Um, Frankenstein was on there, which I had kind of seen most of it before. Um, but this was the first time I really sat down and like critically watched it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just such a classic holds up so well. Um, and you just, it's one of those films you can't remake Frankenstein. Like you just, there's, there's no way. Um, amazing. Pink Flamingos was on there just because I had such a fun time watching it. Um, yeah. I know you had a different experience watching it, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but it's one of those films that I think you're supposed to see it with people. And now that we yeah. know that it's like, that, yeah. that's the way definitely to rewatch it would be to go see it maybe in a theater or like have yeah. a big party and, and watch it or something. And like I said, it's been on my to watch list for years. Like, so so long so i'm so glad that this was the year that i finally ticked it off yeah it was like a my white whale it was always kind of there but not you know? yeah so i'm glad it's gone um 
you're glad it's gone <laughs> but it will still forever be there in your mind it's parts of it at least um cusp documentary was on there um really good i talked about it in in uh our return to the cinema podcast yeah such a good documentary and and a, a type of documentary i've never seen before where it, it just blurs the line between narrative and documentary like you forget that these are real people and it yeah. almost seems like they're they could be actors like it just immerses yeah. you in this world um boys in the hood was on there and nice. um yeah it was it was a good film i i think i watched it for my crime and violence in american yeah. cinema class um ice cube is in it uh and um Gosh, I forget the the main actor. Um, but it's a great film. Uh, mm. And then Get Back, you know, the Beatles Get Back, which is like yeah. a, I forget how many hours. It's like almost nine hour documentary. Um, was so, like, it just, it's just one of those things that I can't stop thinking about. It's like, I've never, yeah. I've, I've always appreciated the Beatles. I've never been like a big, you know, I've never like, known who all the Beatles are. You know, I couldn't point yeah. point to their faces and tell you who they were until after I watched this. And now I'm just like obsessing over them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what it does so well. Like if you were a diehard fan or kind of like, you know, like a semi fan, I guess it kind of, it gave you a lot. Yeah. It breathes new life into yeah. their work and it gives, gives new generations an appreciation for them. And, you know, other people who love love them have always loved them yeah um a look into who they were as a band that they've never seen before mm -hmm. um so yeah that was everything um there's tons of films that i didn't see like, uh, yeah, I, like oh, especially sure. ones that came out in 2021 i mean <laughs> so much stuff that i still need to catch up on like all the things that are going to be oscar contenders and stuff um yeah haven't seen come on come on I haven't seen House of Gucci. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen King Richard. You know, so yeah. many, so many good things out that it, that have just flown by me that I'm gonna have to catch up on. But, yeah, they might be on future lists. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, my honorable mentions, obviously, uh, No Way Home. Um, you know, you can go and listen to us talk for three hours about it, but yeah, we loved it. <laughs> Um, big fan of Spider-Man so it just ticked every box um, come on come on loved come on come on yeah um, just like, just really I'm a sucker for like I said um, like black and white parent, <laughs> yeah black and white and, like, <laughs> stories about parental figures I just love it so much um, yeah and that kind of I did all that um, a documentary that was released on Criterion this year called Mind the Gap um, about is primarily about three guys that kind of skateboard together. Um, and it starts off just with those, like them skating around like a city kind of thing. And then it just evolves more into just like a commentary on kind of, I guess, America, like poverty in America and kind of trying to like fight your way out of the world that you've been born into. And like, it's just, it, there was so much to it. Um, that I was not prepared for. And that was, that's been a really good, um, film that I've watched this year. So um, a few English films, like I said, I've been into my English, like my English cinema a little bit and um, yield to the night. I think it's from the fifties, um, about a woman who was in prison, who's facing like the death sentence. And it kind of goes through her crime and her kind of dealing with it through flashback. Um, this is the film that me and my wife watched together and she was like, oh, you always watch depressing films. <laughs> and I was like, that's cinema, baby. Um, <laughs> and that was on there. There's a, a film, again, from the 50s, 40s or 50s called The League of Gentlemen, directed mm -hmm. by Basil Durden, which I watched a lot of his films this year um, about a group of guys that are planning a bank heist. You know, it's a film that you've kind of seen before but it's just done in a really good way. I mean, the characters are really fleshed out and it's yeah. um, Richard Attenborough's in it again. Um, so that was, that was really, really good. 
Nice. Um, I tried to watch a lot of like new holiday films this yeah. year that I've not really seen. I get kind of I watch the say you know Home Alone, Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life every year. So I was like, this year I'm going to try and watch a few that I've never seen. And there was Christmas in Connecticut um, that I really enjoyed that I watched this year. And then a small film called Never Say Goodbye with Errol Flynn from the 40s. Um, Errol Flynn is a very um, weird person to kind of like, I guess, because yeah. his off-screen persona was so terrible. Uh-huh. Um but he would like. I thought he was really good in this. I thought the film was really entertaining. It's about two people that are like separated, and the daughter's trying to get them back together. It sounds like a typical Christmas film, and it kind of is. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that immensely as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I missed off this list because there was a lot that I saw. Um, but I mean, it's been a good year, Brandon. Yeah, I've watched a lot of really good films. Yeah, and a lot of different films. Yeah. Same. I mean, it's just, I, I always feel like I, you know, it was, it's cool having letterbox now and go and be able to yeah. go back and see all the films you watched, but I always feel like there's still so much I didn't watch <laughs> I, no, <laughs> so exactly. much I still want to watch, but this is like, this gives me a good starting off point. It's like, I'm going to go watch all these films um, that yeah. were on the, on your list. And Same. yeah. Nine days is still. Yeah. Like, you got to see I, it. I, I, yeah, I can't wait. I know you've been talking about it a lot. Yeah. Um, I need to see it. <clears throat> um, so I have a quick question before we start like wrapping up, because I know that we've done this. Have you got any film-related like resolutions for the new year? Uh, Sorry to put you on the spot. As far as like stuff to it. watch? Yeah. I mean, is there anything I that you want just... to discover more of or? Not necessarily. I just, I want to watch more. Like I want to, um, you know, now that I'm out of school and, you know, I, yeah, I've got kind of got free reign. Yeah. It's like, there was, there was films that, you know, I'm glad that I, you know, had to watch because of, of the classes I was taking. Cause I might not have watched them right away if it wasn't for taking those classes. But, um, but yeah, I want to I want to challenge myself more with older films for sure, uh, and and uh, foreign films and and you know non English speaking films. Um, but uh, something that I noticed or discovered, I guess, when you know in film school was that it's better for me if I really want to watch a film and enjoy it and study it. Uh, to watch it kind of in the morning, mm-hmm. which, um, yeah, it's not really something people would automatically think to do, but it's like, um, especially uh, on a work day, like if I, if I get home from work and then try to watch a film, I'm just so tired, you yeah. know, and my brain is just shutting down. Um, yeah. whereas like if I, you know, get up early enough before I have to go to work or anything and before I, you know, I'm really starting my day. I can make some coffee, sit down and watch a film and I'm awake and watching it and enjoying it, you know? So I kind of, (laughs) I've been joking around. It's like, you know, uh, people, when they're trying to implement discipline into their life, they'll get up early and start trying to work out and stuff. But I'm like, I want to get up at 5am and watch a film. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we'll see if that happens. I, you know, I, I do want to, I just want to have more of a regular routine of watching films, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, this podcast will help for sure. Yeah. But. It's awesome. How about you? I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, there's, you mentioned the Agnes Varda box set. I also have the Ingmar Bergman and the Fellini box set. Yeah. So, like, this year, I'm going to pick one of them and just try and go through it all. Yeah. I mean, the Bergman one might, I mean, there's like, what, 38 films in that sort of thing? So crazy. So that might be a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But I just, you know, I need to know. It's the same. I mean, there's so many directors that I don't feel like I know enough of. Yeah. Like Fellini, Ozu, like all these people. So I'm like, this is the year that I'm going to pick one and just do like a deep dive and just really kind of try and get everything. But, I mean, who knows? I always kind of start with this kind of 
mentality and then I go back to Hitchcock and yeah. Lang and <laughs> like my favourite directors and I'm just like, whoops, here I am again watching um, you know, Vertigo for the 70th time. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that that is like a really good way to understand a filmmaker is just sitting down yeah. and watching all of their films back to back because you yeah. you really see there's a lot of times like a universal me- message going on or like you know continuing mm-hmm. themes um yeah and it's it's a lot of fun yeah. to do mm-hmm. that so um, yeah that's my that's my plan this year at least is just try and devour somebody's filmography a little bit yeah sweet sounds fun yeah dude hopefully i'll suggest a few for the podcast yeah um speaking of which yeah i think after this episode we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming of yeah. you know watching a watching a film and talking about it um yeah. i think next up is badlands right we've been talking yeah. about it since our first episode that we're going to do it and i think we're going to get back to it yeah i mean let's hope it lives up to the my type of yeah. going on for the last months. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be good. Yeah. You know, we'll have plenty to talk about, I'm sure. I think um, so too. And then uh, once we record that, I'll suggest another one and we'll go from yeah. there. Exciting times. I'm looking forward to getting back to suggesting films for each other. Yeah. Yeah, man. Me too. You know, but there's just been so much going on away from that that I feel like we wanted to cover. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, appreciate and it. Just let us know what your favorite film of the year that you watched, either in the comments or yeah, you know, um, yeah. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. We're still waiting on the Apple Podcasting to get approved, but um, yeah, you know, Audible. We're, we're on Audible. Um, yeah. you can you can send us a a tweet or an Instagram message or a, you know Facebook message. Everything is at Film Church Radio. Um, you can find us on Letterboxd, uh, our personal Letterboxd, Letterboxes. Um, mine is uh, Selman Scope, S-E-L-M-A-N-S-C-O-P-E. And Lewis... And mine is really simple. It's just at Walker Lewis, W-A-L-K-E-R-L-E-W-I-S. Yeah, so if you want to follow us and see what films we're watching i didn't i, I gotta go back and log umbrellas again umbrellas of Sherboy again because i didn't want to yeah. put it on there um so i was afraid you would see it and be like i wonder if he's going to choose surprised. that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think that's it folks yeah 2021 what a year crazy yeah here's to an even better one 2022 let's hope so wish you all well yeah. And with that, um bye. Bye.